we are so grateful that you are joining us today. We as a community pray that the Lord would refresh you as you hear today's message. If you would like to support and further the work here in the city, please visit us at www.oasischurchchicago.com or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Now, here's Pastor JP with today's message. Thank you, worship team. You know, I'm going to put it right here. Thank you. You know, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I know what it feels like um, to worship something else besides Jesus. And um, I, I think my heart, I can't change you. I can't change any of you. Actually, I don't want to. <laughs> I want to leave that up to the Holy Spirit. Um, but I know what it feels like to worship everything else except Jesus. I know what it feels like to worship a drug, a drink, a girl, a job. I was lost and at 22 years old. I tasted a love like never before. And crazy, I was see, you guys are seeing me now, so most of you don't see me in the front row. I'm like shaking and moving and dancing. And I said, yeah, because I used to do that for things that were never going to heal me. I used to do that for people that were on a stage that were, didn't even know my name. Didn't even know the amount of hairs on my head or, or knit me together perfectly in my mother's womb. I... And so when I get into an environment like this, a space like this, I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> I'm going to worship him with everything I got because he has saved me from everything. I no longer am a slave to what I used to be. I no longer living for the things that I used to live for. I'm living for a God that loved us so much that he gave his one and only son. That if you would just believe in his name, you are redeemed and you are saved and you are transformed and you have a new beginning and a new life and a new testimony and spaces and places that he wants to take you that you can't even imagine. This is the scandalous grace of Jesus Christ. To save a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was once blind, but yeah, I got sight now, boy. Woo! <laughs> I can see. That's why we worship him. That's why we lift our hands to him. That's why we give him everything because he has given us everything. Guess what? You don't have to wonder. Isn't this amazing? When you call upon the name of Jesus, you don't have to wonder what's going to happen. Guess what? We all have one thing in common. We all going to die. <laughs> Welcome to church this morning. We're all going to die. <laughs> so glad you're here. Come back next week. <laughs> we are all, I've never seen a dead man come out of the grave, right? When he was down under, six feet under, like gone. I'd never seen him crawl up like, I'm back. We have one shot. We have one life. And we have the gates of eternity waiting for us. <laughs> and guess what? I got the assurance and the confidence that I don't have to wonder where I'm going. I got Jesus in me. Am I perfect? Ask my wife. Ask my friends. I don't want to be perfect because when I'm perfect, I don't need Jesus. I am imperfect, and only by the grace of God am I made new every single day. Come on, I'm going to teach this morning a message for you, but somebody needed to hear that this morning. 
Somebody needed to hear that, that the grace of God is so good that all you have to do is call upon his name and you are saved and you are redeemed and you are transformed and you are saved for eternity in Jesus' name. Anybody thankful that we get to call upon the name of Jesus? Thank you, God. May that never get old. Thank you, Pops, for that amazing message. He's the goat. (laughs) He's the goat. I think they're wondering what that means. Um, Greatest of all time. So um, (laughs) you've got your Bibles. Open them up to Mark 6. I'm going to read this morning a story that's very familiar. And um, it's going to be up on the screen. I entitled this message, um, But Wait, There's More. Wait, There's More. Let me read this real fast. It's a miracle that Jesus performed while he was on earth. And it says this, the apostles returned to Jesus. Those are his disciples. Right before this moment, Jesus had sent out his disciples to go and to spread the good news of who he was to perform miracles and signs and wonders. Right, so now they're back in Mark chapter 6, and they're coming to him and reporting to him what they had done, and they told him all that they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, hey, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest for a while. If Jesus went and rested and sought after his father, how much more do we need to do that? Jesus shows us this passage is packed with stuff that I can't even unpack right now. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. You ever been there before where you're working so much you forget to eat? Right? They're just going for it. You're like, oh, we forgot to eat. (laughs) So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many recognized them and saw them leaving, and people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Man, these people were desperate. Are we desperate? Are we desperate? That desperate? Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them. Regardless of how tired Jesus was and how hungry he was, he said, you know what? These are people that need to hear about me. I'm going to have compassion for them. Yo, those of you that, that are, are, call yourselves a believer of Jesus Christ and you're tired and you're weary, but you see somebody that needs Jesus, guess what? Get over yourself. <laughs> Welcome to church once again. I love you all. But Jesus did it. He said, I got compassion on those people. And so he begins to move because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, minus, mind you that, it says late in the afternoon. Jesus began to teach late in the afternoon. This dude is going for hours you got me for maybe 35 minutes this brother jesus is teaching a whole series in a day like he's going right this in other translations it says late almost into the evening he's teaching and there's masses amount of people there late in the afternoon his disciples came to him and said this is a remote place and it's already getting late send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat but jesus said yo you feed them Um, um, Jesus said, you feed him. With what? They asked. We'd have to work for a month, for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. Can I just say something? That's a poverty mindset. You got the deliverer, the creator of the universe standing in front of you. And they said, with what? Poverty. Something you need to get over. You have enough. You got everything. Another sermon, another time. How much bread do you have, he asked. Go and find out. So they came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish in every translation. Because this, this, this miracle is found in every one. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
So this is a profound miracle. So another translation says a boy was there. He was walking with his uh, lunch sack. And they said, yo, boy, give me that food. I see there's food in there. Give me that. We ain't going to be embarrassed by our, our, our king. Give me that. Right? I, that's just JP's translation of the New Testament of the Bible of Jesus Christ. Then Jesus told his disciples to have the people sit down in groups on green grass. Green grass. Green grass. Green grass. Psalms 23 comes to mind. The great shepherd makes you lie down in green grass and pastures, green pastures. He restores your soul. These people are hungry. Jesus is like, I'm going to move the same way that the scriptures talked about me before. I'm going to do it right now in green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up towards heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, catch this, into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute to the people. You catching that? He broke it and he kept distributing it to the disciples so that they could feed the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers <laughs> of bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. Translation believes this. Many theologians believe this. They only accounted for men at that time. So 5,000 men, it didn't count for their families. Many people believe 15, 17, 20,000 people were there at this miracle. This is not a small scene. This is a big scene. Even 5,000 is a lot, but just multiply that. Right? Jesus does an amazing thing, and he feeds the people that are hungry and in need. Jesus, this is your word. I pray that it goes forth in a mighty way. God, I pray that you speak to us, that you transform us, that you help us to know that with you, there is more. There is always more with you, Jesus. And we thank you for that promise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I grew up as a child going and sitting before the TV before I went to school. My parents allowed me to watch Sports Center at 5.30 in the morning for an hour. And after, during that time, oftentimes, I would flip through the channels to catch something else. And I would come upon a channel that was uh, an info channel, right? An info commercial channel, right? Where they just play those things all day long. And I was always amazed at these things. I love the kind of gadgets and things that people would create and then sell. I would watch these things. I'd be so, like, just like, wow, these are awesome. I need these. And as I grew older and I got married, I still watched those things. <laughs> I would sit in our living room, and I'd be like, Rachel, come here. She'd be like, what is wrong? I'd be like, check this out. This thing is amazing. Have you ever heard of the shake weight? <laughs> I want to be like that guy. Oh, he's just shaking weight, and he's shredded. I'm like, this is amazing. I need that, Rachel. You know, you get those belly straps. You get all sorts of cooking things. I'm like, I need these things for my life. I need them. She's like, turn the channel, JP. Get responsible. You're not buying any of these things. You're not doing this. This is not happening, right? But there's always something that is so awesome <laughs> about info commercials. And this is how I kind of pull Rachel into hopefully, fingers crossed, let me buy something. Right at the end of it, they're like talking about how awesome it is, showing all the testimonial videos of people that they say are not hired. They're real people. And I'm like, right at the end. They say something so profound. They say, but wait, there's more. And I'm like, more? Yes. They're like, just wait, there's more. Not only do you get one shake weight, but you get two. And I'm like, oh, God, it's so good. <laughs> Rachel, I need this right now. There's more. There's more. I get two shake weights. This is me. You guys are seeing me full on today. Anybody else like this? Any seen these things? They're like, but wait, there's more. And I'm like, yes, click, credit card, done. Rachel's like, I'm going to kill you. But wait, there's more. 
And we get sucked into those things. We're like glued, like, oh, this is going to heal me. This is going to help me. This is going to solve all my problems. If I just get this, I'm going to be a better chef. I'm going to be more fit. I'm going to have better friends. Oh, I need that jewelry because I'm going to get double that when they say there's more. This is how we operate as people, right? The world is selling us, hey, there's more with us. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. There's more with me. There is more with me through my spirit's power, through my cross in that empty tomb. There is more with me. You don't have to hope. You don't have to wish. You don't have to wonder. You can know that there is more in me. Anybody thankful that, I, guys, I am light. There's more. There's more. There's more. In Jesus' name, there's always more. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to rise up and to begin to show the city, to begin to show your worlds, that I serve a God of more. I serve a God of more than enough. So, can I be honest? People don't want to see Christians walking around like this. I think he's good. Man, I think he's okay. He saved me. He redeemed me. I'm good. I just, just a trial, another one. When you realize that Jesus saved you from everything, you put your head up and you walk around like, yo, Jesus is so good. <laughs> he's so good. Woo, I got to tell you something. My God, he's so good. Well, how do you do that, JP, even in the midst of trials? You know what happens even in the midst of trials and chaos? You scream it even louder. Yo, you scream it even louder. When my wife was sick in a hospital room for five days straight, ER, couldn't figure out what was wrong with her, and the worst pain I ever saw my wife in ever, you know what we did? We cranked the music up a little louder in the hospital room. She was in pain. I was singing off-key, terrible. But I said, yo, there is more with my God, and this is not the end of her story. This is not the end of our story. There's always more with God. So I started singing in victory. When there's trials and pain, start singing. Start believing that with God, there is more. If we truly believe this, then why are we settling for anything less? Why? JP, okay, let me talk to me. You guys are like, he has had 16 shots of espresso today. Actually, only one cup of coffee. I'm moving forward in life. Taking new steps, trying to get on that T route. Rachel's like, you got to get off that coffee. Like, yes, ma'am. Why are we settling for less? What's cut in on you? What stopped you? Guilt, shame, pride, selfish ambition, your plans, your desires. What is it? Control freak? My hand's up for that one. Yep, my hand's up. When I stop seeing God that there's more with him, my hands goes up when I start to think control, 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 control. But it's just a question, right? Out of, out of love, like, what's cut in on you to believe that with Jesus Christ there's always more? There's always more with them. Yeah, but, but JP, you know, I hear you. Pastor, I hear you. But if I fully give my life over to Jesus and his plans and his purposes and his ways for me, I'm going to miss out on so much. I'm gonna, I hear this all the time, and it's, it's okay. I, I love when people are coming, be honest. Can we just be a church that's honest with each other? Like, listen, you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to raise your hands up. You don't know if you know have the word on the screen. You don't got to know nothing to come here to this place. Just come and sit and receive. So I love when I have these conversations because they're like, yo, I, I want to 
believe that there's more for my life, but I'm not seeing it. So you know what? I'm going to keep choosing what I have in front of me and trust that with me, there's more. I'm like, let me know how that works out. Let me know how that works out when you wake up to the person next to you and you don't know them a name. Because you met them at the club. I'm going to say something here. You met them at the club. And they were so pretty and good looking in the club when it was dark outside in there. You go home because that's what you need to fix that void. Because you don't believe that with Jesus there's enough to fix that void. So you take them home. And you have your little time together and you wake up and you're like, oh! Okay. What are you missing? What are you missing with that drug and that drink and that desire? What are you missing? You're missing out on the greatest thing ever, and that's the love that never runs dry, the love that never fails. Come on, guys. I'm going to preach this morning because with Jesus Christ, there's more. That is not a condemnation statement. That is a statement that I'm trying to say to you, awaken, my child, because there is more for you. That's what the Word of God says. He says, with me, there's more. We just have to give Jesus the permission to do it. God doesn't twist anybody's arm. Can I say that? He's not a God that's going to twist your arm. He's not a God that's pointing the finger. He's neither of those things. What he is is a God with arms open. Why? Saying, hey, I'm open to you. Every single one of you, I'm open. I'm not pointing. I'm not condemning. I'm not speaking anything except love over you. I'm trying to draw you out of things that are keeping you back from wholeness, from life and life abundant. I'm I'm trying to call you out of the things that are keeping you from having more. I'm so grateful that I serve a God like this. I don't serve a condemning God. I don't serve a God that's pointing the finger at me. I serve a God with arms open wide to me, saying, hey, JP, there's more for you today. There's more for you in 2019. There's more for your marriage today. There's more for your family today. There's more for this church today. There's more for this city today. There's more for X, Y, and Z today. So what he's asking is to say, yeah, God, that's cool. So how does this translate to this story of Jesus feeding the 5,000? This story jumped out of me. I've preached this message at camps and stuff before. I just want to share with you the scripture. Is that okay? I'm going to do my best to teach. (laughs) So Jesus sends out his 12, and they're back, and they're reporting to him all that he had done, right? These are the same guys that have watched Jesus perform miracles time and time again. Give sight to the blind, raise the dead, give life to the sick. This is Jesus in front of them. And they show back, and they share the report with him, and they tell him all the things that they had done. But then right on the cusp of sharing good news, there's a problem. That's life. Can we be honest? Around every mountaintop, there's a valley. Right? That's life. You're not on the mountaintop forever. You're going to go through the valley. And the word says you're not going to stay in the valley. You're going to walk through the valley. Okay, so they they are now engaged in what they look at as a problem. Right? There's all these people there. It's one of the, it is, many people believe, the largest crowd that Jesus ever had around him at one time. A lot of people, right? 15,000, 20,000 people. And so Jesus begins to do what only Jesus does and has compassion. He didn't dismiss them. He didn't tell them, hey, I got nothing left. There's no more with me. Catch that? He doesn't say, oh, I'm out, of, I'm out today. I've run out of things to teach on. <laughs> Go. No, no, he doesn't say, he said, I'm going to teach him. And so he begins to teach and he's preaching for a long time. 
And notice that it said that the disciples were hungry and they forgot to eat. So what begins to happen? I just imagine it this way. Can we imagine something? Can we put our place ourselves in the story here for a moment? Can we do this? You're all nodding your heads. I see you all. Let's nod our heads together. We're in this story together, right? So I imagine Jesus is there preaching and his homies are over here talking. Like, okay, um, so are you hungry? Yeah. Are you hungry? Yeah. Are you? Yeah, yeah. They go down the line. They're all like, we're all hungry. And they're all like, okay, um, we're going to send Peter <laughs> to go tell Jesus that we're hungry. <laughs> Peter's like, why me? They're, well, you're the guy that's always, you know, bold and crazy. And like, you're going to be the guy that goes cuts Jesus off from teaching. Does anybody else want that job? They're all like, nope, you, we, we chose you, right? So they send Peter to go and to interrupt Jesus as he's preaching for a long time. He's sharing his heart. He's sharing his, his desires for his children. And I just imagine, just like Peter, like, hey, J Jesus, um, sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. Like, it'd be like someone walk up to me right now and be like, hey, I, I got to tell you something. I'd just be like, yeah, what's up? And then Peter's just like, um, Jesus, um, these people, <laughs> not the disciples, <laughs> these people, anybody else? <laughs> these people, all these thousands of people, they're hungry. It's, it's, it's getting late. This is awesome, though. I love it. I'll be here for you, with you forever, right? Right, anybody? No, just church kids here. That's I'm here all night long, yeah. He's like, well, we'll be here with you, but, but they're hungry. Can, can we just shut it? Can, you know, I don't want to say shut it down, but can we, like, like, just tell everybody to hug each other and go, and we'll come back tomorrow and reconvene on this thing. Because they're, they're hungry. We're, we're good. We're, we're, we're good. We'll be with you. But they're hungry. And Jesus, I think, smiles at Peter and just looks at him face to face and says, well, you and your boys over there, you feed them. Peter looks back at the crew like, he just told me to feed, uh, us to feed them. And Jesus is like, yeah, I did. You, you feed them. Peter's like, okay. <laughs> Jesus begins to teach again. And Peter probably goes back to his disciples like, hey, um, so um, Jesus just told us that we're responsible for feeding them. I thought Jesus is the one to make more happen. Okay, so we got to come up with a plan, right? And then they begin to converse. Is this helping? I'm getting somewhere with this. Right, they begin to talk, and they're like, okay, okay, okay. Oh, oh, I saw this boy. He was just walking, and he had, he, had a, he had a lunch sack. I think there's some fish in there. I can smell it, fresh fish in there, maybe some bread. Go grab that kid. So they go grab the kid. They're like, come here, kid. And it says in translation that the kid was like, hey, just take whatever. I, I don't need it. Jesus is here. This is awesome. This is beauty. He was amazed, right? He was amazed. The disciples were just living in concern. He was amazed. This kid was amazed. He's like, oh, you want my stuff to give? To be a part of this miracle? Oh, here you go. And so the disciples are like, there's two and five. There's 5,000 plus. Two? This will be our way out. <laughs> this will be for us, right? <laughs> so I think that they walk to Jesus and they're like, Jesus, all, all we got is two and five. And surely now you're going to send them home, right? Like, we haven't eaten, but they're hungry, so let's send them home before the town closes and they can't eat. So we only have two and five. And I just imagine with Jesus, because there's always more with him, that he looks at his disciples and he's like, yeah, give it to me. And then it says that he took the bread and he took the fish and he raised it to the Father in heaven, his Father. 
And he says, God, with you, there's always more. Always. God, I pray that you bless this right now. That you anoint this right now. And that you would feed your children. It's a sign of God's goodness to his children, to all mankind, that he is so concerned and consumed with you that he will feed you when you are at your hungriest of state. Come on, this is good. But, okay, so Jesus blesses it. And I think that the disciples are sitting there going, yeah, he's going to do it like he did in the Old Testament, like we heard about with Elisha and all his men and how he fed it and he multiplied. God spoke and the food just multiplied. So the disciples have read the Old Testament. They've heard the accounts of God. They understand and know. And so they're probably sitting there going, yes, this is how God's going to do it. This is how Jesus is going to do it. He's just going to speak it, and it's going to happen. But notice what it says. Because with God, there's more, and he just wants you to step into the more. God wants you to be a part of the more. Jesus isn't a God just to speak it. He wants you to be a part. This is good. Okay, this is going to help some people because this jumped out to me. So forgive me if this is just for me this morning. But I read this, and it says that Jesus blessed it. He prayed over it, and then he started to distribute the bread and the fish to the disciples. Wait, Jesus, you're going to break it? We don't even have that much. Shouldn't you just have baskets and just say baskets filled with bread and fish and baskets and bread and fish? No, Jesus says, in order to experience the more that I have for you, you got to get in this with me. Wow, come on, this is going to help somebody. He says, you can't experience the more while you're sitting on the sidelines. You can't experience the more of me while you're just sitting there in amazement. you got to get in this with me. So here, here's some bread. Here, I can imagine Peter just walking around going, wow, this bread's just multiplying. Okay, 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 Jesus, can I have some more? Yeah, okay, 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 I'm part of the miracle. Here you go, here you go, here you go, here you go. Oh, I'm out? Okay, Jesus, you got some more? Here, here, here. And they feed 5,000 plus people in that moment. Jesus just didn't speak a word. He spoke a word and invited. See, you want more in your life? You want more of Jesus in your life? Get in the story with him. Oh, this is going to help some people. I'm wrapping up. That's it. See, we think oftentimes that the miracles are just, and guys, can I be honest? This miracle has been talked about for ages. Historians and people have proved that that moment happened. But it wasn't a moment for God just to show not only just his power, but it was for Jesus to teach that my church, my people, I want more for you. But I'm inviting you into this more. You can't just sit on the sidelines and say, God, give me more. Right? You can't, I don't find that to be true in my life. Can I say that? God, bless me. Just pour it out. This isn't a, a money talk. This is a life talk. God, just please, I need help. And he's like, JP, what I've put in your hands, use that now. Right? What if, what if Peter went back to Jesus and was like, this is all you're giving me? Um, Jesus, there's a handful of people over here. This is it? And Jesus says, yeah, what I've put in your hands right now is more than enough. Go and take the more than enough that's what's in your hands right now and watch me use you as I'm speaking to you, as I'm reaching you, as I'm talking to you, as I'm helping you. Go and take what is in your hands today and trust me that what is in your hands today is far more than enough. This is the goodness of our God. That there's more with him. You don't got to hope. 
You don't got to wish. You just got to come to the faith of believing. I've watched God provide in my life and my wife's life more ways than I could ever account. I'm not talking big, grandiose things. I'm talking the little things. I've watched him say, JP, I put in your hands something so precious and so good. Will you take what's in your hands right now and will you allow me to use what is in your hands today? Scripture says, don't worry about for tomorrow, tomorrow for, for today has enough to be consumed about. Paul writes in a prison cell, hey, I've learned something. In a, in a prison cell? I, he says, I, I've learned to, to be content. <laughs> content in a prison cell? Does anybody else think that's crazy? I've learned to be content no matter the situation. My content is in Jesus Christ. What I have today is Jesus. If he doesn't give me another thing, I'm good. If I don't gain another thing, I'm good because I have learned to be content that with Jesus there is more and it's called eternity waiting for us. Come on, church. There is eternity waiting for us. There is eternity on the other side of this life. There is his kingdom here alive today for us. Guys, when you start to live with what God's placed in your hands today, you start to see miracles happen. You start to watch people get transformed right in front of your life. You get the words to share with people. Guys, it's the coolest miracle in the world when I watch somebody come to know Jesus. I don't need 5,000 people fed in front of me. I just need one. There's something in you that he wants to use. But he wants you to be a part of the story first. And you get a part of it when you say, God, I need you more than anything else. Jesus, I need you. I'm going to give you what's in my hands today, Jesus, and I'm going to trust you to take it and take it more. Give me more of you, Jesus. If all I have in my hands is you, Jesus, I'm good. The five, the five, uh, and two, I, I don't, that math doesn't work in my head, but what works in my head is the one, and that's you, Jesus. So all I need today, Jesus, is your love. I know you care for me. I know you died for me. I know you raised the life for me. I know you got more for me. So with every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, this wasn't a message that I was going to do this, but I just believe that there are some people in this room this morning that if you're being honest, you've taken what's in your hand and you've held on to it just thinking, I can run this ship. I can take this and do things with it that nobody else can. I'm talented. I'm gifted. Yeah, you are talented and yeah, you are gifted. But how much more could you have when you invite the creator of the universe into your life? This isn't a manipulation thing. This is just the most amazing thing that we can offer, and that is freedom. A brand new beginning with Jesus. All the scripture says is that if you just say, Jesus, you're real, I confess you with my mouth and believe it in my heart. I don't understand. I can't wrap my head around everything, but I believe that you're going to show me every day because there's more with you. I believe that every single day that I walk through this life, you're going to direct me and you're going to guide me. I'm going to place what's in my hands to you. I trust you with it. So this morning, we're going to give every single person in this place a chance to start anew, to receive the more. And it says that heaven throws a massive party when the one comes home. So if you're in the room this morning, and you're like, you know what, I've tried to fill the more with everything else, and I'm striking out. I'm done. On the count of three, I just want you to slip your hand up. Why? It's a confession of faith, believing that Jesus is real. And that he loves you. No other king and ruler has died on a cross for you. Just him. So on the count of three, slip your hand up. 
And we're going to celebrate together because you're going to believe in your heart that Jesus is King and Lord and ruler and Savior. One, he loves you. Two, he died for you and wants to forgive you of your sins. Three, he wants to spend an eternity with you. Slip your hand up high. Slip it up high. Slip it up high. Who cares who's looking around? Hands are up everywhere. Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on, praise God. Can we thank Jesus for every single hand that's been raised in this place? Come on, church. Can we stand to our feet? And can we celebrate with Jesus? Can we thank him that there's more that he's washing over for